Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. So this morning, I want to expound on the principle of partnership in the gospel. I want to expound on the rewards of partnership in the gospel and the blessing, of course, that is bestowed upon those who commit to the principle of partnership. We will look at the writings of the Apostle Paul to the Philippians and uh, whom he calls his partners. Actually, this is the only church that he addresses and calls them as partners in the gospel. And we will look at the statements he made concerning their partnership. So please open your Bibles to Thessalon to uh, Philippians chapter 1. And we're going to read a number of verses from verse 3 to verse 8. And I will be reading from the Amplified Classic. I like the way the classic puts it. It expounds on it and makes it uh, uh, more um, understanding or sharing much more than what the other translations uh, are sharing. First of all, I want to say that Paul, according to his writings, he shared a very special bond with the believers in Philippi. And we could clearly see that in his writings to them. In chapter 1, verses 3, 4, and 5, he writes, I thank my God in every remembrance of you, always offering every prayer of mine with joy and with specific requests for all of you, thanking God for your participation and partnership, both your comforting fellowship and gracious contributions in advancing the good news regarding salvation from the first day you heard it until now. First of all, Paul opens his epistle with giving thanks to God. Every time he says, I remember you, I give thanks to God for your participation and your partnership in advancing the gospel. Notice what he says concerning their partnership. He says, comforting fellowship and gracious contributions. Comforting fellowship and gracious contributions. The believers in Philippi comforted Paul throughout his trials, throughout his sufferings, and continually, according to his testimony, they supported him financially when no other church would. And he tells us that in Philippians chapter 4. He says, no other church communicated with me in receiving and giving except yourselves. And so uh, 
they, they, they had a very deep and a special bond. In verse 6, he writes to them and he says, I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. He then, the apostle, gives them a promise of his confidence that God who has begun in them a good work, he will finish it, he will complete it, and bring it to perfection. That's a comforting promise, knowing that no matter where we are in our spiritual journey, what we're going through, the Lord Jesus will never give up on us until he finishes and completes that good work which he has started in us if we remain faithful and obedient to the will of God. So that is very comforting to know that no matter what stage of my spiritual journey I am, I know that God will finish the good work that he started in me and in you. Then he goes on in verse 7 and 8, he says the following, It is right for me to feel this way about you because you have me in your heart as I have you in my heart, since both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the good news regarding salvation, all of you share in his matchless grace with me. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. Here we see how Paul goes all out in expressing his affection towards them, and in his writings, he highlights the deep spiritual bond that exists between them, making them also aware that they are also sharers or partakers of the matchless grace that was bestowed upon his life and ministry. This is very important for us to understand and to have a revelation of this. What does he mean? You are partakers with me in the grace that is bestowed upon me. Now, as I've mentioned, we can clearly see in Paul's writings the kind of friendship, the mutual support that existed between Paul and the believers in Philippi. They walked with him in the spirit, they supported him financially, and they stood with him in prayer, with their faith throughout his trials and throughout his afflictions. In every way, these special believers were his partners in the gospel. Because of their partnership and their commitment to the gospel and to this apostle, he says to them, you share the grace that was given to me. He actually said, you are partakers together with me in the special grace God bestowed upon me. The New King James says, you are all partakers with me of grace. The New Living Translation says, you share with me the special favor of God. Now let's examine this statement. What does that mean? What did Paul mean, you are partakers with me 
in this grace that was given to me. What it means, the way I understand it, is that the same grace that was upon Paul's life and ministry belonged to his partners as well. What was the grace that God gave to Paul? Think about that. It was the apostolic grace. It was the grace and the gift of an apostle. Now, the apostolic grace, according to the scriptures, is the grace that restores and establishes people in the faith. The apostolic grace is the grace that restores and establishes people in the faith, as well as churches. Remember, Paul established several churches. He helped them grow, and he appointed elders in every, in every church he, he planted, him and, and Barnabas. Now, the apostolic grace also brings those who submit to it. It brings them into divine order and proper alignment. That's what the apostolic grace does. And Paul said to them that this grace given to me by God belongs to you as well because you are my partners, because you are part of my household of faith. And that same grace, it is available to you to take advantage of it or to cooperate with that grace so that your lives may be restored, fully aligned and blessed. That's what he was saying. And I'm reminded, I'm sure you've read this statement by the Lord Jesus when he said, if you receive a prophet in the name of the prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. If you receive an apostle in the name of an apostle or, an, or a prophet in the name of the prophet, you receive an apostle's reward. In other words, when you receive someone in the Lord, you also receive what they carry in the spirit. You come under the same grace. You come under the same anointing. And so if you receive and recognize someone as an apostle or a prophet or a teacher, the Bible says that you receive the rewards they carry because you receive them and you honor them or acknowledge them. In other words, if you open your heart to someone, you receive what they carry. And that's that's an important principle for us to understand, and it's important the, the spiritual family that we are committed to, and, and, and it's important that we watch for the fruit, we watch for the grace they carry, because the same grace that is upon them is the same grace that is functioning in your life if you submit to it. Now, that same anointing, Paul says to them, that is upon my life is at work in your life because you are my partners. 
what Paul was saying is that they could appropriate by faith the same grace, the same anointing, the same promises that were given to him belong to them as well. That's what he's communicating here. And that's what I want to communicate to you. Then he goes on to say in chapter 4 of the same epistle and verse 19, he says to them, and my God shall supply all you need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Notice that he does not say God shall supply all you need. He didn't say that. But he did say my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. What's the difference? He was trying to communicate a principle. He was saying to them, the same God, my God, the God I know, the God who restores and establishes me, the God who takes care of me, the God who provides for me, the God who fights for me, the God who protects me and empowers me to do all things through Christ, that same God, my God, will take care of you as well as provide for all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's what he was communicating, and that's why he added, my God. Remember what David said to his Solomon when he was uh, appointed as the king of Israel, when he took over from King David? The words that he said to him is, know the God of your father. The same God who brought David through many battles, who blessed him, who prospered him, who elevated him to the throne, David is encouraging Solomon to know the same God that your father knows, to experience what I have experienced in the Lord. And that's what Paul is saying. He says, my God shall supply all your need. Now, this is one of the most powerful promises given to us in the Bible. But it only belongs to those who commit to the principle of partnership. Many believers in the church today claim that promise as their own, but it doesn't belong to everybody. It belongs because Paul gave this promise to the Philippian church who stood with him, who walked with him, who suffered with him, who comforted him, who supported him financially. That's to whom this promise belongs. And now this promise also belongs to those who closely walk with God's ministers and ministries who have a legitimate calling on their lives. They can claim that same promise because they become partners in the work of the gospel. They support those ministries in the work of the gospel. Then you can claim that promise as well. And partners are individuals who share the burden of the ministry, both in prayer, in financial support, and in the exercise of their gifting. Those are partners. Now, 
I've said all of that to come to this. Upon studying and meditating on this principle of partnership, the other day, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son, every promise I have given to you over the years belongs to your partners as well because they are partakers of your grace, the same grace that is upon your life, and they are members of your own spiritual household. He said, the grace that has brought you this far, the grace that restored your marriage, your family, the grace that established you in the faith, the grace that enabled you to walk by faith, belongs to your partners as well. The grace that has fought on your behalf, the grace that provided for you to this day, protected you, empowered you, healed you, and made a way for you is theirs as well. Teach them how to appropriate this grace and by faith walk in it. All that is required to receive is faith in my grace. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you provided for through faith. For by grace are you healed through faith. For by grace are you protected through faith. For by grace are you restored through faith. That's what Ephesians 2 says. The grace of God not only saved us, but healed us, provided for us, protects us, empowers us, and makes a way for us. Now, over the years that I have been in the ministry, the grace of God empowered me with many promises. And I recall one day, Pastor Frank asking me, can you relate to us or share with us some of those promises that God has given you? Um, I promised that I would write them down. I don't know how far I've got, but here I'm going to give you a couple. Now, faith in these promises that God gave me helped me and brought me to the place where I am today. And I believe will continue to help and enable me to complete my journey in Christ and finish my course. Here is one of the first promises the Spirit of God gave me even before I entered the ministry. I was just a businessman running my own business. And the word of the Lord came to me through prophetic utterances, which I bore witness, saying that in the next season, I will call you into the ministry. Now, that was, to me, it sounded like an impossible word because I looked around me and I looked at my family, I looked at the work that I was doing, and I thought, how is this ever going to happen? And when I knelt before the Lord that evening, it was the Sunday evening that I received this promise, the Spirit of God spoke to me through Isaiah 45, verse 2 and 3. Now, this promise was given to me then 40-some years ago, and it belongs to you as well. This is what it says. 
I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who called you by your name, am the God of Israel. That is one powerful anointed promise from God. When I asked the Lord, what are the treasures of darkness? He responded by saying, these are the souls of men and women that are kept in darkness and the shadows of death. And God has helped me to win many souls over the years and educate them in the things of God. Now this promise belongs to you. Whatever God called you to do, know that he has already gone before you, breaking down every resistance in order to bring you into your promised land, whatever that promised land is. God assures you that he will break in pieces the bars of iron, he will open the double doors, and he will make a way for you, bringing you into your destiny, bringing you into your promised land. Whatever your vocation in life is, whatever God has called you to do, wherever God is sending you, you need to believe and take this promise by faith. When I heard this promise, I responded by thanksgiving. I said, Lord, thank you for having gone ahead of me. Thank you for breaking down every resistance and making way for me, giving me the souls of men and women that are hidden in darkness and hidden riches in secret places. I thanked him before I ever saw any evidence of this promise. And I kept thanking him for many months. And sure enough, the time had come when everything was set and prepared before me. And I stepped into the ministry and I kept going until this day. So write this promise down, meditate in it, pray over it and ask the Lord to give you revelation concerning your calling and where you are today. Now, in times of persecution, in times of affliction, and in times of much resistance, the Spirit of God again comforted and empowered me through another promise from Isaiah. This is another powerful promise that I have gone to it from time to time. I know it off by heart. I can quote it to you. But it has provided me with such comfort and strength and assurance that God fights on my behalf. Here it is. It is taken from Isaiah chapter 41, verses 10 through to 16. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing 
and those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contended with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing and as a non-existent thing. And in the beginning of my ministry, there were many that fought me. There were many that persecuted me from the high ranks of the Orthodox Church. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. Fear not, you warm Jacob, you men of Israel. I will help you, says the Lord, and your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make you into a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. You shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and make the hills like chaff. You shall winnow them. The wind shall carry them away and the whirlwind shall scatter them. You shall rejoice in the Lord and glory in the Holy One of Israel. What a powerful promise. I stood on those words by faith many years ago, pondered on them, meditated on them, stored them in my heart, learned to quote them, and I saw the grace of God at work, vanquishing all those that persecuted and resisted me in the execution of my ministry. I looked for them, as the scripture says, and I couldn't find them. They were not there anymore. I was strengthened and helped as the Lord promised, and so will you if you believe. Regardless of your vocation in life, regardless of the opposition you face in one form or another, you might be facing opposition and resistance from people. You might be facing sickness or disease that threatens you to take your life. You could be struggling with fear or insecurity concerning your future. Or you might be in the middle of relational issues, financial issues, or whatever, whoever your Goliath is. Know that my God is fighting on your behalf. Know and believe he is strengthening you, he is helping you, and he is vanquishing your enemies, visible and invisible. Whether those enemies are sickness and disease, whether those enemies is division, insecurity, rejection, we have visible and invisible enemies. God promises that he will destroy them. And he said, you will look for them, but you will not find them. Are you listening to me? All you need to do is take those promises and hide them in your heart and in your mind. Believe them, quote them, pray over them, declare them by faith. And the Lord has instructed me a few weeks ago, I've mentioned that to you, to direct my ministry in helping you become strong in the spirit. Remember that? Because he says the days we are living in will require you to be strong and very courageous. We are living in perilous and very dangerous times. And this is the only way I know how to help you become strong by sharing the promises of God that, when, that made me strong, those promises that I've experienced and tested in my own life, 
those promises that have helped me to stand and not give in to my enemies and to those who oppose the will of God in the execution of my ministry. You can also become strong by following my example of faith and my perseverance in those promises that I have shared with you. Now, coming back to Paul, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul instructed Timothy after he warned him of the perilous times which are coming to follow, he says, his example of faith and perseverance in the face of opposition and much affliction. Listen to what he says to him in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 and 12. But you, Timothy, have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And then he points Timothy to the Holy Scriptures, saying, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You see, first of all, he points him to his example of faith and endurance in the face of suffering. And then he also points him to the Holy Scriptures. And I believe that every minister of the gospel should do the same and be confident enough to say to the people he disciples, follow my example of faith and look to the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise and thoroughly equip you for every good work. Every minister of the gospel should be able to do that. And you can only do that when our lives are in order, they are properly aligned, and we see the fruit of the blessing of the Lord. Now, when I have embarked on this journey of ministry, God's Spirit breathed on me a specific promise from the book of Joshua chapter 1. And I'm going to give you that promise as well because it belongs to you. It belongs to you because you're my partners. You are the ones who walk with me in the spirit. You're the ones who pray for me. You're the ones who finance this ministry. And you're the ones who, in, in a measure, I've witnessed people who are the closest to me will go through sometimes severe, um, how can I put it, severe afflictions, just simply because they're standing with me. And they share the same burden. Here it goes. Joshua chapter 1, 
verses 5, 7 through 9. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Know this, that whatever God has called you to do, no one can thwart your calling. No one can stop you in fulfilling your destiny except yourself. No one can do that. Not even the devil, nor demons, or any other person can, can, can stand and, and, and block you or uh, thwart your purpose or, or hinder you from fulfilling your purpose in life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I can testify to the grace of God and His grace alone, that for 40 years in the work of this ministry, I have witnessed the matchless grace of God fighting on my behalf, removing every kind of opposition from before me. I was strengthened in my weakness, received courage in the face of fear and opposition, was provided for in need and protected from the wiles of the devil. And the same promise God gave to Joshua is giving to you and to me as well because we are part of God's covenant people. We are part of his household of faith. You and I can also make our way prosperous. God doesn't make us prosperous, folks. He gives us the tools that enables us to prosper in every sphere of life. You make your way prosperous. When you take what God has given, his grace, his word, his name, his spirit, and work with it, believe his promises, act on his word, and then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. We can also make our way prosperous. And we can also have good success if we work with the grace that is given to us. And we can also stand up with Joshua and say the same thing. Declare our faith and testimony as Joshua said when he stood up before his people and he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No compromise, no negotiation, no alternative, no other choice. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we will commit to him and do the work of his gospel. And so that's the end of my message that I wanted to give you today to encourage you. You can go to these promises. You can write them in your 
on your journal. You can meditate on them. I encourage you to do so. I can take you to the water, but I cannot make you drink. I can give you the promise, but I cannot make you to study them and meditate on them. The more you meditate, the more you receive. The more you ponder, the more you study his promises, the greater the strength, the greater the anointing, the greater the grace will function in your life. So let me pray for you. Wherever you are, whatever your calling in life is, whatever you're facing right now, if it's an affliction, if it's a, a, a persecution, if it's a sickness or disease, or whatever it is you're battling with, take these promises, put them in your heart and in your mind, and speak them out your mouth with confidence. That's what I've been doing for the last, I don't know, two, three, four months, all year round, declaring the word of the Lord over my eyes, declaring to that sickness and disease and speaking to it. You, myasthenia gravis, the, the thing that I, I see now, I will see no more. You will be a non-existent thing in my life because God has promised me. And so you can do the same. Whatever challenge you're facing, whatever problem that confronts you, whoever your Goliath is, God has given us the victory. And the victory lies in his word. If we believe, we will see the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you today as a spiritual family as we stand upon your word. I thank you for your grace, the grace that is upon us, the grace that you bestowed upon us in order to restore us, in order to establish us in the faith, in order to align us, and in order to prosper us and to launch us in order to fulfill our destiny in Christ Jesus. Thank you that no man will ever be able to stand before us because your presence goes with us and before us. Thank you that all those who were incensed and angry with us, visible and invisible, we will no longer see them. They will be as a non-existent thing because you fight for us. Thank you that you're making us as new threshing instruments, having teeth that is able to take hold of your word and fight the good fight of faith, remove mountains from before us, because your grace is sufficient for us in every circumstance of life, and we offer thanksgiving to you, Father. Thank you for divine protection, and thank you for your presence in the power and person of the Holy Spirit. I pray for each and every member of my household, Lord, that the blessing of the Lord will accompany them wherever they go. In Jesus' precious and wonderful name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.